welcome to the CJOB Sports Show Podcast. On this episode, we talk to Morley Scott, the voice of the Elks on 630 Ched. Edmonton visits Winnipeg Friday night, looking to steer their season in the right direction. Also, we'll talk to Tanya McKay, head coach of the Westman women's basketball team, as they begin their exhibition slate with the CJOB shootout this weekend. That's coming up on the podcast. 24 hours time, we'll be at IG Field. I will be and my guest will be as well because the Bombers are hosting the Edmonton Elks. The voice of the Elks on 630 Chet is Morley Scott. Morley, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, Christian. How are you? You're in Winnipeg, is that correct? I am. I'm in beautiful Winnipeg. I'll tell you what, uh, I went for a walk this morning in October in Winnipeg in shorts. I consider the trip a success already. <laughs> yes, well, it's about to get not great, but you, you got here just in the nick of time. You asked me how I'm doing. I am well, Morley. I'm sorry I asked the question before I answered yours. But uh, looking at, you know, who's not well, that's the Edmonton Elks right now. Two and five on the season. They've had a lot of injury issues. Uh, Trevor Harris, though, is back tomorrow. Are they in absolute must-win territory right now at two and five? Well, that's the old line, right? Uh, must-win is a must-win. But, you know, if they lose tomorrow, they're not eliminated from anything. And if they lose next week, they're not eliminated from anything as well. But th- it's an important game. There's no doubt about that. They have to get rolling. I mean, they got a tough schedule to come. They had two against the Bombers, two against the Riders. Hamilton's in there as well. Toronto's in there. Uh, so they've got uh, they've got a tough schedule. And they got to find some wins because they have fallen back in the pack. They've had uh, an awful first half of the season at two and five two of those losses coming to ottawa uh they they have some issues that they're trying to deal with uh, i guess getting trevor harris back tomorrow is going to help because uh, he is obviously a good a better quarterback uh, for this situation right now uh and uh, they hope their offense can put the ball in the end zone a little bit with a little bit more regularity than they have in the first half of the season jamie elizondo had some pretty harsh words for his team after their performance in ottawa last week what have you seen since then at practice and just following this team that would suggest that they're due for a turnaround starting tomorrow? Well, I think they, they, they got the harsh words that thrown at them for sure. And then they had a, a couple of days break and uh, they went back, uh, they went back to practice on uh, Sunday uh, and, uh, and they, they had a really good week of practice. Uh, talked with both Jamie Elizondo and Trevor Harris today and both said it was one of the best weeks of practice they have had this season. So they strung three, three really good days back to back to back. And they're feeling pretty confident about, uh, you know, playing better. That's they're they're big on the process. You know, football is all about the process. They like to they, they like to sometimes talk about the, the results aren't as important as the process. We know the results are ultimately uh, the deciding factor. But football is big on process, and they feel that they're continuing on with their process, and they feel that they're in a position now where they can become a better team in the second half. Uh, they're as healthy as they've been all season. Um, they're they're facing some urgency, which has been good for them earlier uh, this year when they've had their backs to the wall after an 0-2 start. They came out and won two straight. Uh, going into Calgary, they won after you know with a lot of pressure to win the Labor Day for the first time, the Labor Day game for the first time in 10 years. Uh, they got some pressure on them now, and they're backs to the wall going into this game. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So Jamie Elizondo uh, really liked the week of practice and feels that they'll play they'll play a better game tomorrow. Hard to play worse than they played last week, that's for sure. Do you approve of the job that Taylor Cornelius did in his couple starts in place of Harris? Uh, he he was okay. He he showed some flashes. He got the ball deep. Uh, he, he's got a great arm. 
the one thing he had a penchant for was turnovers. I mean, he, he threw turnovers in both games. He started at the wrong time. You know, we saw it in the Winnipeg game, the, the pick six, the, the fumble on the goal line where Big Hill took the ball into the end zone. Uh, in Ottawa, they were coming back last week. They were, they were just kind of getting some traction. Uh, and he threw the ball away in the fourth quarter, and it was intercepted. And, and you know, he did throw three three touchdowns in the game. He did throw for over 300 yards. There was some flashes there. There's no doubt about that. But he's a young quarterback, and they've got to learn how to manage the game a little bit better. And I think we saw some things in him that, that, that show some possibilities of being a pretty good quarterback down the line. Uh, the Elks, especially Jamie Elizondo, has already said, like, he's, we brought him here to be – Trevor Harris's replacement whenever that is and they were in no hurry to replace Trevor Harris but they really like this guy and, and Elizondo had him in the XFL in Tampa Bay so he knows him pretty well he had him uh, in, in 2020 during the first uh, the only half of the XFL season so he knows him pretty well and he's pretty confident he's going to turn into a player so when these two teams met a few weeks ago in Edmonton it looked like it was going to be a runaway Edmonton came back took the lead and then ended up not winning but were there any signs in that game that would suggest they could be able to pull off the upset tomorrow night? Well, they had the they had the Bombers on their heels for a little bit in that game and came back from down 14 nothing to take a lead in the game and then the turnover started. So who knows what would have happened? I know when I was talking to Jamie Elizondo today, he said there was three or four plays in that game that turned the tide for them. And obviously the, the two touchdowns on the turnovers were one of them. And, uh, and uh, I believe it was a fumble by Darrell Walker in the red zone that also hurt and took some points, possible points off the board. So, you know, that's three plays that they'd want back, but that happens in every game, right? So uh, they do feel confident though, talking to some players this week, they, they, they know that, they played pretty well for stretches against the Bombers, and that was without their quarterback. So uh, they're hoping that, that they can find it in them to, to get the upset tomorrow. It's going to be tough for sure, but uh, they feel that they played well enough that they got a chance tomorrow. But you're not too optimistic, are you? Well, how can you be? How can you be, really? <laughs> you know, when you look at it, uh, you know, when, when you when you take off whatever color your glasses are and take a look at it, the Bombers are are seven one uh, and playing great football on, in every aspect. And the Elks are are two and five. They've lost three in a row. Their special teams have been really really bad this year uh, in in several areas. And there's not a lot there that 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 says, you know, that the Elks can win this one. But that being said. As the old saying goes, they play the game on the field, not on paper, right? So uh, we'll have to wait wait and find out what happens tomorrow night. But if you're betting, you're, you're obviously uh, the favorite's got to be the Bombers in this situation, like, like they'll be the favorites for every game they play the rest of the year. It's true. The CFL ran some simulation thing and has them pretty much 50-50 shot to win the Grey Cup as it stands right now. And Winnipeg is a 10-point favorite tomorrow night. From an Edmonton point of view, or just from an outsider's point of view, Morley, what do you think is the Achilles heel of this bomber team, if there is one? I, I, I don't see one. I mean, they, they put up a ton of yards. The defense is great. I guess the, the one thing you look at is, is the kicking game. Uh, I mean, you went from uh, Mr. Automatic kicker and a guy who you could rely on to uh, some, some pretty iffy field goal kicking right now. I mean, what are they, 11 of 19 in field goals this year? And they've had, you know, three different guys not kick very well as far as field goals go. Uh, that to me, that's the only spot. But when your when your defense is playing well, like the Bombers are, and when the offense is putting up points, like the Bombers are, you're not that worried about missing a field goal here and there because obviously it hasn't hurt them this year so far. So looking at the Elks, then 
and rest around the rest of the CFL, there aren't a lot of great teams this year, right? The Bombers are obviously great. I'd say Saskatchewan is good. Toronto is good. BC might be good. But after that, you've got a lot of question marks. Six teams are going to get into the playoffs because that's how it works in the CFL, even if there aren't six good teams. What? Where do you think Edmonton just slots into the kind of soft belly in the middle of the CFL standings there? Yeah, right now they're – you know, you got to put them near the bottom because that's, you know, you, you are what your record says you are, right? As the old saying goes from Bill Parcells. But there's hope. I mean, they're pretty confident they can play better and turn it around. Paul LaPolice last week uh, in Ottawa uh, was telling us that he told his team, he said, check the standings. One-third of the league has two wins. This was, of course, a week ago. And uh, and he said, if you look at the, it like that, you realize how close the league is. you got Winnipeg running away with things. Saskatchewan's, uh, as you said, is a good team, too. BC, you don't know. If they have to run the ball, they're in trouble. If they keep going deep, you know, they're going to have some success. But uh, you have to figure out a way to run the ball at some point. And if you can't, you're not going to win a lot of games. So uh, they they could be caught in the West, I think, if somebody gets hot and and, uh, and they don't and they don't continue to play well. So uh, it's hard to say. I mean, it's toss up, really, Christian. I mean, there's a lot of teams, you know, there's two teams that are pretty good in the West and there's right now one team that's pretty good in the east and everybody else is within two wins of each other you know so it's really a massive toss-up i think so if you were to put your money down right now will the edmonton Elks make the playoffs uh, right now you have to say no but i mean you know they the top they have the tough schedule is what's really gonna hurt them with two with the bombers as i mentioned and and then two with the riders as well uh, well they but, play all those games so jump together at the end of the season yeah then they have to play three games in seven days at the end of the season and you know it, it could come down to uh you know just being fatigued just being beat up and not being able to to put on the best performance they can with what they have left in the tank for that final game in Vancouver, which could be for a playoff spot, maybe who knows? So uh, yeah, that, that schedule is going to hurt them uh, more than anything else. Uh, I I'm shocked actually Christian that they're two and five. I just, I just, I thought they were going to be a really good team. When you look at the personnel they have, I think Brock Sunderland's put together a really good team, uh, but for whatever reason, they just haven't jived. They just can't get it together uh, on the field and, and, you know, get on the same page as the old saying goes. They just, they just look kind of disjointed. They don't look like a team. They got to get some help from their special teams too, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's been awful. I mean, they're giving up, uh, 10 yards per punt. I mean, you know, right now they're averaging seven yards a return and giving up 17 yards a punt return. So uh, five punts is is half a field basically, right? And that that turns field position around uh, as the game moves along. So they've got to get better in a few few areas. They're not getting any pressure on the quarterback right now. They had nine sacks in the first three games of the year. They've had four since then. Um, They've got a couple of guys who – had, uh, you know, they had five sacks in the first game of the season. Uh, two guys, Kweku Boateng and uh, Mike Moore, had two sacks each in that game. They haven't had a sack since. Boateng's missed a couple games due to injury, but they haven't had a sack since. So, you know, uh, they, they gave up seven sacks against the Calgary in the rematch game when, when Harris got hurt. Uh, and, you know, so they're not winning the battle on the line of scrimmage. And everybody in football knows that's the most important, the most important thing to help you win is, is to control the line of scrimmage. And they're not doing that right now.
Well, we're in for a, a game either way tomorrow night, seven thirty. Morley <laughs> Scott will play. Will be, so you're yep. saying they'll play? There will be a sport on the field tomorrow night. You'll be on the call for six thirty. Chet, I'll be on the sideline for CGOB. Appreciate your time, Morley. As always, enjoy your stay in Winnipeg. Thanks, Christian. I am so far. Hopefully, I'll uh, I'll leave uh, IG Field happy tomorrow. Winnipeg Westman women's basketball team back in action this weekend, taking part in the CJOB shootout. Yeah, that's us. The team will be playing Brandon tomorrow afternoon, then the Canadian Mennonite University Saturday at 3 p.m., and the U of M Bisons at noon on Sunday. The Westman back in 2019-20 went 12-8, and beating the Bisons in the Canada West playing round, and then their season ended against UBC in the quarterfinals. It's not bad, considering their best player, Faith Hezekiah, suffered a season-ending injury Early on, she only played two games. It allowed her to redshirt and come back for one more year while she'll be joined by 2019-20 MVP Keelan Filowich, who was at UBC, transferred over. She's from here. Former Regina Cougar Kiana Giles also transferring. She's twice been named a CW First Team All-Star, so they've got some high hopes this year. And to discuss the return of play after a long time away. And the CJB shootout coming up. Joined by a longtime coach of the Westman women's team, Tanya McKay. Coach, first of all, how does it be, feel to be back to getting sort of normalish feel here? Normalish. That's a <laughs> it's a interesting word. It, it's it's definitely great to be back. Uh, it's great to be back in practice. It's you know it's great to have the kids uh, you know here on campus in in class and doing their training. Uh, it's definitely different, uh, but wow, after nineteen months. You know, separation between the last game and our first game coming up tomorrow, it's its kind of surreal. It's kind of weird, like, but it's exciting. What kind of communication was there over the course of the last year and a half with you and your, your team? Well, we, anytime we were allowed to be together, we trained. And so, uh, in you know, in the times that we were in lockdown, um, we were communicating and talking about training and what they could do on their own. Um, and over the whole, I'm going to say, 16 of the 19 months, we Zoomed every week uh, as a team every Wednesday. And so we were always in contact with one another. What was the rust level like, the first full practice back? Well, we, we st- kind of started that process in the summer. Once we were allowed back uh, on the floor, um, we did a very gradual return to play uh, with uh, fitness testing uh, with our team doctor, Dr. Leslie, and we kind of, and our, and our head athletic therapist, Jeff, uh, it was very gradual and we were, we tried to be as smart as possible as far as their movements and what they needed to do to prepare their bodies to be back on the court and competing. So looking at the, what you saw then what was the excitement level just to for everyone to, to be back were a lot of smiles out there they were they were great the first week there was a lot of energy like when we were and i mean the first week back on campus in school practicing training back into a routine you know when you're coaching high level athletes they want routine they want that schedule and so you know, when that was taken away from them because of COVID, uh, it was a pretty tough 19 months on them. But, uh, boy, it sure was nice to get back on the court and back together as a team. And, and you know, it, it there are parts of it that feel very normal. Um, and I know the kids are happy to be back. 
So after not playing games for so long, you've got three games in three days coming up this weekend. Tomorrow against Brandon, Saturday against CMU, and then Sunday against the Bisons. What are you looking to, to see this weekend from your team? You know, essentially it's it's getting them on the court and, and uh, getting their bodies uh, used to competition. You know, we've had uh, three scrims in the last week with refs. So, you know... You know, they're back on the court. They've heard the refs. You know, they're running up and down the court. Uh, two were inter-squad games. One was against uh, a group of JV boys. And so, you know, their legs are moving now. I think for this weekend, it's really important for us to start establishing our identity as a team. And, you know, one game at a time, learn from each game and get better, get better each game. And looking at your team this year, it's going to be a, a very kind of different team than you may have had a couple of years ago because you've got Keanu Giles now finally getting to the court, Keelan Filowich transferred as well. So how does that change the dynamic on this team, a team that was pretty young a couple of years ago, but now it's got uh, some veteran transfers coming in? Well, mixed with the veteran transfers and the depth, you know, the, the veterans um, and then the youth, it's it's a it's a great group to coach you know there's there's rehear you know kind of rehearsal for the veterans where you're kind of going through things they know but it's good repetition the young are learning um you know it, as far as getting along they all get along they all work hard they're motivated you know they're excited just to get back on the court and, you know, the veterans have a real mission, you know, with transfers coming in like Kiana and, and Keelan. They, you know, they've come here to really push this group, uh, you know, in a winning direction. And, and, you know, we have done some winning, but now we want to kind of take it to the next level. And and so the youth are kind of fired up because of that, that energy. And, you know, you've got Faith back in her fifth year and she's really excited. Uh, you know, Anna... Anna Kernan at the post, or sorry, at the point, she's she's really excited to get going with Kiana and Keelan and Faith and, you know, Jessica and Robin. Like, everybody, they're just kind of, they know what they're part of and they want to do everything they possibly can to help this program. And it's a bit of a unique season, too, just because the schedule is, is different than what you'd be used to. You're only playing Regina, Manitoba, Brandon, and Saskatchewan, four teams as opposed to what you would normally face more than just four teams. Does that change how you prepare because you're only playing a select few? Well, definitely you, you know, you have to do well in your region and you know, that's going to be a primary focus for us because we want to take care of the teams in our region. You know, uh, I, I believe with our exhibition games um, this weekend, you know, we head to Vancouver next week to see Trinity and Fraser Valley. There'll be two top teams uh, in the uh, Pacific Division, so we'll get to see them. Uh, we won't get to see any teams in the Central Division. Uh, at Christmas, we're going to see Ottawa and Laval. They're two of the top. They'll be two top ten teams. So it's it's important. We feel, you know, not only to prepare for what we have in front of us, our region regional play in Canada West, uh, but we also want our kids to get as much exposure across the country playing different teams, so they are ready you know, uh, when it comes time for playoffs. And is that something you normally do? 
Well, it, it depends with the group you have and, you know, if they're veteran or youthful. Um, when you're youthful, you tend to stay home more because there's a lot more learning and teaching to do. With a veteran team, we want to we wanna play, we want to get exposure, we, we want to see what teams are doing, you know, against us so that we can prepare and adjust and, you know... Um, it's going to be great being in regional play because it'll be tough. Like we get to see Saskatchewan and they're going to be number one in the country. So we get to see them four times. So that's going to be excellent for our program. Uh, Regina is always tough and you know, it's always great to have that rival with Manitoba and Brandon. What do you think of the playoff structure this year? The format's been changed a number of times over recent years. This, this year, every team gets in uh, there's going to be a number of buys based on where you finish, but what do you think of the format this year? The format will definitely be challenging, but you know it's uh, you, you know you got to do your best in regional play, and and then the teams will be ranked accordingly for playoffs with the bye weekends with the top teams. Um, essentially, once you're in playoffs, it's a new season. You got to do your job. You got to get it done. You got to win to keep going on, and so uh, you know we don't mind that challenge. Fair enough. So just before I let you go, you've been doing this for a long time now. Does the excitement, <laughs> I, I, it's a bit of a backhand compliment, I guess, but does the excitement <laughs> of the season starting ever go away? No, I, no, it doesn't. And it's funny because I've been asked that a couple times. And uh, I, I think for me, what I've always told myself, if I ever stop coaching the way I normally coach, then I know it's time to walk away. And I don't even think I'm close to that. I'm still wired, you know, I'm still, you know, motivated, excited, pumped up. Uh, I know I'll be racing up and down the sideline. I'm doing it in practice. Uh, it hasn't ended. It's going to be forever. And so I think, I'm, I think I'm pretty lucky. I think I have the best job in the world. Do you lose your voice? Have I lost my voice? Well, I mean, will you? <laughs> Oh, I have lost it. It's just coming back, but I'm sure I'll lose it again. <laughs> it's part of being a coach, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, I appreciate your time, Tanya. Thanks for this, and uh, good luck this weekend and this season. Thank you so much. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m., of course. That is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell, until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect.